forever and ever we sing your praise forever and ever we sing your praise forever and ever we sing your praise forever and ever forever and
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Wednesday gathering. Welcome to Wednesday's altar decorum. When we come together and we just worship the Lord and we do a deep dive into his word. But as always, let's start with just welcoming the presence of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. You are welcome in this place, O oh Lord. Spirit of the Sovereign Lord, you are welcome. You are welcome in our midst, in our clusters, our homes, embassies. You are welcome. Take your place, O oh Lord. Take your place upon our hearts. Take your place upon our hearts. Upon the seed of our appetite, the seed of our emotions. You are welcome. Reveal to us, O oh Lord. Reveal to us the face of Jesus. Continue to open the eyes of our understanding. Continue to open the eyes of our understanding as you bring us deeper into your word and you bring us behind the veil. As you reveal mysteries and mysterions that's been hidden from the foundations of the ages of the earth. You are welcome, O oh Lord. Reveal to us, reveal to us mysteries, truths, revelation, your word. Reveal your word. Show us the face of your word, O oh God. Father, we bless you. We honor you, O oh God, for you are the ancient of days. You are the great I am. You will be who you will be. You are El Shaddai, Adonai. Yahweh, you are the gift and you are the giver. We bless you, O God, because you are who you are. There is none before you. You are before all those who thought they were gods. You sit in the midst of the congregation of the gods. Father, thank you, Lord, because all, all creation declares your glory. Declare the glory of the invisible God. Makando Rabashande Kitai. We thank you, Lord, because your glory thunders. We thank you, Lord, because you are the builder of faith throughout mankind and history. We thank you, Lord, because you are the light before Genesis was. Before you, there was no God formed and there'll be none of your God. Libratando shandi kitai. Zika pando radaba shakatai da bando shikitete. Rita maluboshkatai. Libratata pando Quicken us this evening, O Lord. Quicken us so we may call upon your name. Quicken us, O Lord. Manda shatai do bro. Spirit of the sovereign Lord. We have come to transact. Ah, makatai laba. We come to prosecute. Libratata 
Dabushkata. We have come, O Lord, Librakata, to receive continued impartation. We are enlisted in your army, the end time army, O God, your remnant. Continue to stir up our callings, our gifts, our burdens and our mantles. Lord, just like you, we know Satan will work through human avatars. Lord, let us be your avatar god speak to our hearts teach us oh god how we hear from you in the diverse ways in the diverse ways reveal oh god your will impute your will into our hearts write them on the tablet of our hearts oh lord makata for your word said blessed is a man who walks not in account who walks not in the way of the ungodly nor stands in the path of the sinners or sits in the seat of the mockers Lebrata, but Blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord, who meditates on them day and night. He will be like a tree planted beside waters, and in due season his fruits will bloom. Father, this is our season according to your word. We are in your bokeh. You spoke over kingdom culture, over prayer culture. This is our time, Lord. More so than ever, we need to hear you. So continue to reveal, continue to teach, continue to open up our spirit, to understand, continue to hone our receptacles so we may understand the spirit. Because your word says all, there are many voices in this world, oh God, and all are significant. Help us to discern when your spirit is talking to us and when it is our force and when it's something completely other. La babando shikete open our eyes o lord mande shakatondo raba rada ba kitete boroskotai librando shande kite libra manda ikototondo shakatai raba babado shikitai libra kapapapa shikitete rabando shikata so lord as we enter the final stages of this series on how to hear the verse of the lord we're asking O lord to reveal yourself reveal jesus speak to our hearts let us come out of this mini series much more spiritually aware discerned than when we went in this will change our lives this will change our lives oh god there's no turning back let us be held accountable let us never be able to say we never we never knew god was speaking we didn't know the lord was speaking in jesus name Rabba Babandu Kitadushkatai 
Rete babando shikata mande keto borokotai zida bababando shikata. We thank you, Lord, for the wisdom that's going to come through your set man of the house tonight. Oh Lord, we thank you for the understanding. We thank you, Lord, for things that will be revealed to us. We thank you, Lord, that you're going to open and illuminate your word. We thank you, Lord, that you're going to make you're going to speak plain that there will be no parables of God, that we will understand, we'll be clear in our assignment, we'll be clear in our understanding, we'll be clear in who we are in Christ Jesus, we'll be clear in the things that is that we have access to in the Spirit. We thank you, Lord, because you have revealed that the supernatural is more real than the natural, that the intangible, more real than the tangible, the invisible more real than the physical so we thank you lord that you're continuing to open our eyes continue to open our hearts continue to take us deeper take us deeper into the spirit take us deeper deeper lord la brakata le brondushkatai le bakoti malubroskai mande ketete your word says iron sharpens iron oh god libra ikamala bashandu kotai mande ketete brokotai mande ketete broko thank you for prepping us and making us aware making us ready for when we encounter when we engage libra kata forces of the unseen dark world libra ikamara we will not be ignorant libra koto we will not be like job totally unaware Libra Mandushkata. Thank you, O Lord, for teaching us to command our mourning and shake the evil thereof. Libra Doshkata. Thank you, O Lord, for challenging us to speak to Pelides, bind Atras and lead Atras and his cubs. Bind Orion. Libra Kata. Speak to constellations. Speak to constellations. Speak to Mazaroth. You told us, Lord, Lebran Mandoshkatai, Lebaba command our reality. Jedeba Kotandosh, Ketando Rakatai, Labrande Ikato, Zibabando Shande Ketete Libro, Shakatando Kete Libro, Manda Yanabashande Devo, Shiketete, Rabashanda Dadawa. Oh, Jesus. We worship you tonight. Lako sabradietola. Kebrendos de bridiasco redebretenende. Kaledos de breki di barados de breki ninanda bradi. You are welcome. You are welcome in this place. Kete bro de bredi labrodo jebre kete le bratus tabarietela. Kande braus de brekinanto brokosh de breketibala. Nela kuriete ba. Nela kuriete balantos de bredi. Come through tonight in a way we have no point of reference for. In a way we have no point of reference for. Show forth your glory. Show forth your power. 
Le cura badie seteli. Anzevradie cola. Anzevrodie kadie brodoskedi. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. All around the world, would you lift up your hands tonight and say, Jesus, I want to receive from you not just information, but impartation and transformation. Lift up your voice. Not just information, but impartation and transformation do something tonight tell him something i will not soon recover from break something tonight that will never ever ever be reconstituted in my life move me from one dimension to another come on Shamando rebehesikiti baliateleta. Nande brodos te brekidiata labasuninenenela. Show us your glory tonight. Visit us. Show us your glory tonight. Visit us. Show us your glory tonight. Visit us, Lord. Visit, visit. Karabarie koriabasante rede to the glory of your name oh hallelujah hallelujah jesus would you come and sit in this room tonight beyond our wisdom beyond our power and our insight beyond our capacity to engineer would you release an atmosphere that man cannot whip up emotionally that man cannot stir up by enticing words or emotional manipulation not by music or by oratory aka would you give us your glory tonight would you release your glory tonight release your glory your glory to move things in the spirit to cause location from one realm to another would you utter your voice Would you create Zibradoria Cabradilata? Would you transport in the spirit tonight? Oh, we give you glory. Lord, tonight as we speak and listen and go through your word, would bodies be healed? Ah, heal bodies, Lord. Heal mind, heal spirit. 
Hegiazo. Hegiazo, Lord. Consecrate. Sanctify. Set apart as yours. Reconfirm your mark. For thine is the kingdom. The power and the glory forever and ever because we belong to you oh lord we say it again that we belong to you thank you thank you thank you jesus somebody would you clap your hands oh you people and shout to the lord with a voice of triumph all righty grab a seat wherever you are except you're driving if you're driving please don't grab it well if you're driving you should be in your seat that's good uh so grab a seat uh, wherever you are around the world we are about to get into the word of the lord it's going to be rich and good tonight i'm looking forward to a time and a half in the holy ghost hallelujah thank you lord all righty my name is israel Siave. i never get tired of saying i know i say it every week but i never get tired of saying that it's the honor and the privilege of my life to serve and to lead this amazing uh, uh, conglomerate of ministries, individuals, and initiatives called Kingdom Culture Movement. Um, and as I always say, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart, there are a lot of people that go into what you see on your screen. Uh, believe me, I don't. I, I I firmly believe that I'm not the most important person by far in what goes on in this house. There's a team of leaders, of workers, of volunteers, of a very few number of staff who just go over and beyond i mean they they literally blow my socks away when i grow up i want to be like them um they serve with class with grace with with uh with passion many of them are gifted individuals anointed individuals uh they some of them actually have their own quote-unquote personal visions for ministry and 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 spiritual activity and yet when we come together under the banner of this house we're so much greater than the sum of our parts if you're in kingdom culture if you're part of this uh this movement and that includes we have people who are part of the kingdom culture family who are leaders and pastors of their own ministries but they they still serve and they still put their hands to the plow to make sure that this corporate vision that goes far beyond the local church uh, can continue to change a generation if you are part of the wider kingdom culture family I just know that I love you. Can we just put our hands together for them wherever you are? Can you give this house's pillars a standing ovation? And for those of you who come in week after week on a Wednesday, on a Sunday uh, with the Prayer Culture Apostolic Hub, if you don't know what Prayer Culture is, if you're wondering what it is, where have you been? Prayer Culture is an amazing interdenominational apostolic platform uh, where strategic uh, equip or equipping, strategic collaboration and fellowship is uh is the order of the day around the subject 
of prayer and intercession. Uh, there is a Telegram group and a YouTube group on your screen that you can see right now that you can both go to and join. YouTube will make sure that when we have uh, the, the, uh, the live streams from the 24-7 prayer room that you can follow them. If you join the Telegram channel, uh, you will be able to see all the notifications and the details of the live stream. Actually, I think the live stream is also on that flyer as well where you could just register once and then you can come in after you register for the first time, you don't need to register again. And you can just be a part of this amazing uh, tag team of prayer and intercession that is changing the world. Literally, we have no idea. Uh, there are feedbacks I get from all around the world, literally, of people giving us examples of how the labor that we are conducting in prayer culture is literally changing the world and cities and communities. And so we're just so grateful. But to everybody who's a part of this, if you serve, if you lead, if you just come and pray, for those of you who give, uh, the details obviously in the, uh, the, in the description of this video, YouTube and Facebook, I think we're also broadcasting on Facebook. Uh, and for those of you who just share the link, you invite friends, people who've reached out to us, who says my brother, my sister, my work colleague, uh, put us in touch or put me in the way of how to find you and you've been a blessing to my life. You're all a part of the family and I give you a standing ovation. We are building for the Lord and we will see the fruit of our labor. Like the Bible says about Jesus, we will see the result of our labors and we will be satisfied. Also, before we go on any further, uh, I tried to call her earlier today. I guess she's too uh, globally unknown and internationally known and globally accepted to pick up my calls anymore. Maybe she needs a P of her own. But today happens to be my daughter's birthday. Her name is Talaya Christiana Olagunju. Uh, uh, and I love her from the bottom of my heart. If you're wondering why I'm saying this out loud, because I, usually I call everybody privately. But Talaya, I'm putting you on blast. Since you didn't pick up my call, I'm saying happy birthday to you. Live on the quorum. Love you. All right. Also, final thing. Yes, um, the elephant in the room. I am, if you're wondering, I am wearing something called a jalabia, or jalabia. Um, for those of you who don't know, I was born and grew up for the first two decades of my life in the nation of Nigeria. Uh, and in the northern part of Nigeria, uh, the, the, the terrain is desert-like. And so we regularly will get temperatures in the early 40s. And so when the United Kingdom, when I woke up on Monday, I wondered who had flown me, who'd knocked me out and flown me back to Nigeria uh, without my knowledge. We literally had the hottest two days on record in the United Kingdom on Monday and on Tuesday. Uh, Monday, I think, was 39 degrees, and Tuesday was 41 or 42. And so I went digging through my, uh, my, uh, my garage for two things. One was an old, crusty, air portable air conditioning unit. And the second was this, my Jalabir. And so this is what we wear. Uh, in desert climates, northern Nigeria, in the Middle East, when the temperature is hot. Now, unfortunately, I only had a black one. White would have been great, but it, it's amazing how cool this will help you feel when the sun is, the sun is burning. And so I have not defected. It is not a, uh, a religious garment. It is a climate garment, amen. It just so happens that the parts of the world where the climate where this is worn prevails also tend to be predominantly of another faith. But in case you're wondering, uh, I, have, I am not on my way to a, another kind of house of worship. This is what we wear 
where I come from when the sun gets too hot. Amen. So let's get straight to the word of the Lord tonight. This is part five. Somebody say part five. Yes, Esther, it is a climate comment. Part five of the series. Thank, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, it's amazing how um, I just would, Tony, I would never be able to live without the Holy Spirit. It's amazing how he just, I, I, as I was speaking just now, I literally felt this surge and this clothing of the presence of the Lord. And and if you're a preacher, pay the price for it. Um, when you first break into it, it is more difficult. There's a price to pay to break into the threshold where you qualify to operate in this realm. But then once you've broken in a few times, it then becomes a maintenance price. In essence, it's not as costly so it would seem to maintain it as to break into it unless you want to shift to another dimension and how do you break into it you live a life of purity you fast you pray you stay in your word and you eschew or, or abhor or avoid things that break the flow hatred gossip comparison um malice you know anger temper you know uh excess in food, in entertainment, in pleasure, whatever it is. But when you walk with the Lord on a certain level, you just can't go back. Um, and I want to just put it out on blast here before I carry on. Lord, I know that I am nothing without you. I have seen myself outside your grace, and it's not a pretty sight. Father, and I don't take it for granted how day after day, week after week, time after time, you envelope me with your glory, especially when I have the privilege to speak to your people in your name. To you be all glory in Jesus' name. But we're on week five, dealing with how to hear from God. Now, weeks one to three were a foundation or a context, I should say. We were given the context of how to hear or about or the context of what hearing from the Lord is all about. Now, for those of you who were not there on week one, I want to repeat the five goals of, these, of this series. Number one is to establish a clear scriptural basis for the fact that every believer should and must be able to communicate with God for themselves. I repeat, to establish a clear scriptural basis for the fact that every believer should and must be able to communicate with God for themselves. Now, we did that in weeks one and two, and week three to some degree, making it clear that this is not for deep people and that it is your birthright and that you should be violent about expecting it and believing for it to become the daily norm in your life. The second goal was to establish from scriptures the way that a believer can validly and scripturally hear from God. Meaning, how, what are the methods, the ways, or the, you know, the pathways through which a believer can scripturally? In essence, it is not scriptural to go to the, to, to the beach or to the sea and build a literal altar and make incantations to a spirit 
and say you want to hear from God. So there are biblical methods, biblically prescribed and accepted methods by which a believer can hear from God. And again, we laid those out in weeks one to three. We, then we, the third one was to deal with myths and errors that have crept into the body of Christ surrounding the issue of hearing from God. Notice, I keep saying hearing from God, not the prophetic, because the prophetic and hearing from God are two different things. There's a lot of overlap. The prophetic includes hearing from God, includes aspects of hearing from God, but you don't have to be prophetic as a believer to hear from God. The ability of a Christian to hear from God is completely separate and apart as a right from the operation of the office or the flow of the prophet or the prophetic. Now, there are errors that have crept into the body surrounding this issue, and so we will be dealing with those. We dealt with one or two already. When we get to week six and seven, we'll deal with more. Now, number four, which I hope we did in weeks one and two, was to build a desire and a passion in you that cannot be quenched for hearing, for hearing from God. I wanted you to leave with this in your spirit that nothing and no one will, 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 will satiate me and pacify me from pursuing the ability to hear God consistently and clearly. And then the fifth uh, goal was not just to teach you about all this and to stare about this in you, the passion for all this, but to activate in you. Notice I said activate, not in part, because every believer at new birth, every believer is already equipped with everything you need to hear from God. Tony, there is no special impartation that a valid believer needs to hear from God. There is an impartation for the prophetic that an office or a function that includes the ability to hear God and speak on his behalf. But there is no anointing required other than the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit for a believer to hear God. I want to repeat, no one needs to lay hands on you. No oil needs to be poured on you. No prophetic word needs to be given to you. The same way nothing special has to be done to a, a, a newborn baby to hear. In fact, the absence of hearing is a sign something is wrong. The same is true when it comes to hearing in the spirit. There is no impartation that needs to be made for you to hear God or in the spirit realm. The absence of the faculty means there's a problem. And so all that can be done is to activate what already exists. And we'll hope that over the course of these weeks, this will be happening. And so now we did verse, uh, verse weeks one to three were laying those foundations, setting up that desire, giving the biblical framework. And then last week, week four, we began to shift into high gear. It was last week we began the march to deal with the actual practical process, principles, and secrets that govern hearing from the Lord. Now, um, mm, thank you, Holy Spirit. So in the first few weeks, we dealt with, the, anyway, go, the, the, by the way, there's a, there's a playlist in the description that will give you every single uh, video from this series 
Uh, I suggest each week is designed to be standalone, meaning uh, we, I approach each week in a way in which you can listen or watch it on its own and still benefit from it almost maximally. But when you put it in the flow, uh, it goes to another level in the impact that it can have in and for you. And so I want to, su- I want to summarize in less than five minutes what we dealt with last week because it's very important. I'm only going to give you the bullet points. Because when I hit this week, I'm just going to drive and I'm not going to look back. So we started um, with Habakkuk chapter 2, which is our scripture. And in fact, in my opinion, is the scripture to go to in understanding or beginning the journey of understanding how to hear or communicate with the Lord as a believer. So let's go to Habakkuk chapter 2 and look at it and then I'll summarize in less than five minutes what we dealt with last week and then we'll move. It says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and I will watch to see what he will say to me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And then verse 2 then says, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that reads it. Verse 3 For the vision is for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Verse 4 then says, Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him. Colon, but the just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by his faith. And then we began the journey of unpacking this from the last sentence. The just shall live by his faith. We then spent the first half of last week literally defining what faith was and how it operates. If you did not stick out till the end if you left halfway because of time or whatever reason you would have wondered if this was a a a quorum on faith or on hearing from god it almost seemed like a tangent but if you stuck through to the end then you understood does that make sense because the entire premise of decoding hearing receiving and even retransmitting the voice of God as a prophet is tied entirely to the principle of faith. If you don't understand faith and you don't understand how it works and you don't have a working grasp on how to operate in and by faith, then the odds are that you very likely will struggle with on with hearing god if at all you do for instance the bible tells us that we prophesy by faith now i did tell you that the 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 gift and the office of prophecy and the prophetic is not synonymous with hearing from god but there's some overlap the bible says maria kurabastande breketi Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
Hallelujah. Okay. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, uh, in verse 17, it says, For the gospel reveals the righteousness of God. That No, that's the Berean Study Bible. I want to give this from the King James. It says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Someone say revealed. From faith to faith. Let's go there. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Just to explain why faith, why we spend so much time dealing with faith last week. 16 says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Verse 17 then says, For therein, therein in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed. Now the gospel obviously is a subset of what God has to say. It's not all God has to say, but it's a subset of what God has to say. In essence, the gospel, the story of the gospel, and not just the story of what Jesus did. That's not the, the gospel isn't actually what Jesus did alone. It's why he did it. It's the message God had to humanity that Jesus came to lay the, the tracks for with his life and sacrifice. And so the same way it is revealed, the righteousness of God, what righteousness means, what meets God's standard, God's will, what satisfies his condition is revealed from faith to faith. In the same means, everything God has to share with humanity is revealed or broadcast or disseminated from faith to faith. We'll deal with that next week. But suffice to say, you will not hear God without the operation of faith. And so we dealt with faith as substance and evidence. We dealt with the concept of the locus standi and the ratio de standi. In essence, in, the, in, the, in Latin, in legal terms, your right to be a part of a proceeding legally and the principles of law that govern what you're standing for. We dealt with the fact that faith doesn't come by these things. Faith is these things. So faith is not an emotion or feeling. Faith is literally the consciousness of the fact that you have a right to be a part of a matter and that there are spiritual principles that in your favor or the favor of what you want govern that matter. We dealt with the fact that by faith, the elders obtained a good report. In essence, whenever faith is activated, a report or a, a statement is made in the spiritual realm. We dealt with the fact that you can't be both judge, jury, and a witness in a case, in which case, if there is going to be a, a report made, it won't be made quote-unquote in the office of God as judge or the father. It will be made via the other two members of the Godhead, the spirit and the, the word actually. And, and that's important because the word of God is actually a member of the Godhead. And it is that word who was made flesh incarnate as Jesus, who the Bible says is an intercessor, who actually speaks for us but also to us. We dealt with this in week one and two that the book of Hebrews chapter one says, God in time past in many manners spoke to the prophets our fathers, but in this dispensation he's speaking to us through his son, who is that word. We also dealt with the fact that, and very important, I've just really summarized an hour in that statement. We dealt with the fact that God doesn't speak to inform. Remember Tony? He speaks to what we call create. Hebrew says, we know by faith, 
So that's why faith is important. Faith makes us conscious of the fact that our worlds are framed by the word of God. The word world is the, is the word for seasons, ion. It means every dispensation of life today, this year, this decade, this century, this millennium, and even the concept of time within the wider flow of eternity. So every incremental block of time and season is framed. And we looked at the word framed. It meant to, to, to bound or the boundary, the support, but also to, to, to initiate, but to complete, to furnish, to staff, to provide for. In essence, every season of life or reality is both created by the word of God, but also has its supply for God's will met by the word of God. And so God doesn't speak to inform. He speaks to what we call create in Genesis 1, but literally the same verse in Hebrews, or the same passage in Hebrews then says, for we know that the invisible things of this world were not created by the things that are visible. Even the eter God's eternal power and Godhead, in essence, what we call creation is God moving an existing reality from the realm of the unseen to the realm of the seen. So the Asians were correct, and I told you I was discipled in faith by some Asians, right? Uh, I've, I've said this before, that I like my mentors old in God, not necessarily age, and or dead. That sounds morbid, let me explain. Um, I repeat, and I'm saying this intentionally to be troublesome. I like my mentors old in God and or dead. I'm not, I'm not moved by gifting or by anointing or even quote-unquote by results. Now, I can learn from that. I can receive an impartation from what somebody has tapped into God. But when it comes to being mentored and discipled, because I'm still a disciple today. It's 32 years now I've been born again, and I'm still a disciple, and I ever will be. I like to be discipled by people who have a history with God. You know? just being not not being arrogant here but i told you i've i started walking with god 32 years ago maybe i picked up a thing or two along the way you know if you've had it well there was three years in the middle i ran away but that's by the way so if you've had 32 years of relationship with someone even if there were bad moments you might have something to understand or say about that person right so i like people who have demonstrated a capacity to walk with God for a long while, to be my mentors and disciples. Because the Bible says that we should observe the outcome of their well-lived lives. Show me by your life that you know the God you're trying to teach me about. And those Asians who raised me, including those who I was mentored by from afar by books and tapes and the same way I mentor some of you from afar by YouTube and whatever, many of whom are now dead, they would always say, God is not a talkative, God hardly speaks. And I always wondered, but I'm hearing him every day. And then I explained to you last week the concept that there is a complete difference between God speaking and you hearing. The Bible says once he has spoken, twice we have heard, power belongs to him. When God speaks, quote unquote, when there, is a, when there is an utterance from eternity, it is not to inform you, 
it is to create or transport an unseen reality or a portion of the will of God into the earth realm. Included in that transmission will, the, will be the faculty of information. I gave the analogy of how right now you're seeing and hearing me on your phone or your TV or your laptop, but what hit your laptop was not my voice or my face. It was sound, it was waves, electricities, and electromagnetic pulses. Your, your, your device has the ability to decode that electromagnetic energy. In, in essence, I have transported something to you through the airwaves and your laptop or phone is decoding it. In the same realm, same vein, what we call hearing from God is decoding the informative part of a creative act. In essence, God can speak today and you will hear 20 years from now. God can say one thing and you will be hearing the unpacking of that thing for 20 years. Also, you can hear when God is not currently speaking. You can't hear if he hasn't spoken, but you can hear long after he's done speaking. And so we must understand, and I, I, I'll end the summary of last week by quoting my brother, uh, my, my, a co-laborer in the faith, and he said, and I quote, God or the Holy Spirit is a king spirit. Now, if you come from the part of the world where I do, as you can probably tell by how I'm dressed today, <laughs> um, you're going to have some problems when you come to, to walk with the Holy Spirit or with God. The benefit is growing up in Africa and in Asia, we are oriented to be sensitive to spiritual things. True. So we know that there is a spirit realm. Now, there's a new generation of Africans who live on the continent, but literally have been raised by the West via media, technology, and culture. They are the ones who are atheists. More power to them. Go and live in the parts of the world where I, okay, let's put it this way. I was born in a city called Ibadan. Ibadan is a city. But it, is, it was then what you would call a town today. In essence, when I was born, right, decades ago, the level of cosmopolit cosmopolitization, if that's a word, I know it's not, was on par with what you'd call a town today. I then spent the first year of my life, I was born in Ibadan, I was a few months old when I was relocated from the city of Ibadan to the town or the then village town, but again, in today's language, it would be a village called Ijebu Igbo. Somebody say with me in the comment section, Ijebu Igbo, I-J-E-B-U space I-G-B-O. Igbo. Now, that, that, the, 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 the pronunciation should tell you something. Okay. Now, I spent the first year plus of my life in Ijebu Igbo. My father's hometown is a place called Ereni that is on the out-outskirts, the outer skirts of what is now a city, but again, decades ago when I was born, 
would have been a town called Wari. If you know anything about Ijebuland, Ijebuigbo is a town in a wider district called Ijebuland, and about Wari in the Niger Delta area, you know that on both, now Ijebuigbo was my mother's hometown, both of these locations are steeped in the occult. You cannot have grown up at the time I did in those locations and be an atheist. Mm -mm, it's impossible. When, I, when two eight-year-olds are fighting and one of them says, wait for me, and takes off his shirt and throws it in the air and it hangs and says, now come, you can't see that and be an atheist. When a woman in the market you have an argument with tells you, when she takes out, literally takes out her breast and curses you and says and makes a pronouncement on you and you wake up the next morning and what she has said starts to happen. You are literally losing your sight and you need to go back to her to plead with her for mercy and lie down on the floor and call yourself a stupid boy and say, and you usually would tell her, mommy, forgive me, I'm, I'm, I don't have sense. My parents didn't raise me well or they did and I didn't listen, please have mercy. And the whole of your family has to go to apologize. And then she takes out the same breast and says, okay, it will be well with you. And you wake up the next day and your eyesight returns. Tony, nobody needs to tell you there's a spirit realm. You may not believe in Jesus, but you will not be an atheist. So it, it is convenient now that technology and culture and, and, and people are living in their nice posh palaces in the city. But, but if you go back to the motherland hinterland, you can't be an atheist because the, 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 the proof of a spirit realm is all around you. And so the benefit of having been raised in those cultures for some of us was it made us by default sensitive to the existence of and the supremacy of a spirit realm. But Tony, the opposite problem it gave us was we are used to dealing with servant spirits. Many of the so-called gods we claim in the African and Asian pantheon are the kind we can give instructions to. Because these gods literally are just facades for demonic spirits. And demons by nature are servants. Demons are different from fallen angels. I think I've dealt with that years ago. Maybe we'll come back and do it again in the quorum. But just know they're different. But they have one thing in common. The word angel means Malachi, messenger. A demon, disembodied spirit. They came from somewhere. Not the fallen angels. We'll talk about that. It has to do with the Nephilim and the flood. And they themselves too are spirits. In essence, they are, according to the Bible and Hebrew texts, are offsprings of fallen angels in disembodied bodies. They have one thing in common. They take instructions. So you can send an angel or a demon on an assignment. If, it, if it's an angel, it has to be by God's will. But they take instructions. Lucifer, Satan, all the fallen angels, were all once angelic members of, members of the angelic host. They take instructions. Demons take instructions. The Holy Spirit does not. 
you cannot instruct the holy spirit and that is one of the biggest problems many african christians have with god because we want a genie we can rub on our time our uh, 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 agenda right and according to our what's what i'm looking for now not behest as a word i'm looking for our whatever it is but it, it, I, we are the initiators of the agenda tony god via the holy spirit is not like that he's a king spirit he gives instructions he doesn't take them the bible says jesus had to humble himself into a servant when he came into the earth he said he humbled himself meaning to be a servant was outside his pre-incarnate nature because god is no one's servant and so tony when it comes to hearing from god god does not speak at your behest mm, no he doesn't talk just because you want him to talk If we share the grace now, this should change your life. We can end here and your life will never be the same. You don't bully or manipulate God into speaking. The Bible says where the word of a king is, there is power. The same God who said he will judge you for idle speech will not himself participate in idle speech now for so remember i said there's a difference between god speaking and you hearing for god to say something it means there is a reality a judgment good or bad a decision a a a a, a something of substance that the heavenly realm is seeking to transport to the earth realm and as a result oh by the way i forgot to tell you now would be a great time to hit the like button and share this link so youtube can do some free evangelism for us every time you hit the like button every time you share the link with someone youtube puts it in a stranger's feed that you don't know and also every time you subscribe it says okay more people need to see this so do that for me right now but like i was saying every time god says something it's because there's something to transport, aka create, from the unseen realm to the seen realm. What you call hearing him is your decoding from that transportation or creation information that is relevant to you and or what he's doing. But remember, in speaking, the initiative must always be from him there are things god will say whether or not you ask him because he, they are on his agenda but then there's another kind of speaking that you can request someone say request you can't force it you can only request it and it will be at his behest whether or not he wants to respond so come with me to psalm chapter 27 and let's look at this psalm 27 
The Lord is my light and my salvation. I, I really wish I had time to break this down. This is all relevant to hearing from God. My light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? He is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, my enemies and my foes came to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encompass against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. Now verse 4. Stay with me now. Stay with me. Very important. One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after. Listen, there's a procedure here. How many things did he desire? One. It is that one thing he will seek after. But he now describes what sounds like three different things. Tony, have you, have you, have you looked at this verse this way before? The geezer says he's only... Come on, talk to me in the comment section. The geezer says he desires one thing and he'll seek after one thing. And then he describes three. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Ladies and gentlemen, those three elements are all part of one thing. In essence, you can't separate them. According to David, they are one thing. The one thing, listen, is to dwell in his house. To behold his beauty and to inquire in his temple. In essence, they are reducing funnels. Dwelling in his house leads or gives you the ability to behold his beauty which then gives you the opportunity to inquire in his temple. And so, while God rarely speaks, Tony, he makes the exception to respond on a regular basis. I know you're a bit confused. Stick with me. Once he has spoken, twice have I heard. God has communicated or transported a reality into the earth realm. That reality now exists in the earth. From that moment on, every time a person inquires about anything to do with that reality... He will quote and unquote, we will say God spoke. He didn't speak. He already spoke. His voice is eternal. The same way the Bible was written 2,000, 4,000 years ago, and it's still speaking today. And every time you read a single verse, it gives you a new meaning. That's how that voice of the Lord is. But you can interrogate the word of the Lord as often as you like. And within the reason of his will and sovereignty, he will permit successive responses that are finite from an infinite communication he made one time. Preacher, this is confusing. I know it is. Let me break it down. The Bible says that the, the saints who went before us long to look into the things that we now see the mystery of the of the incarnation of jesus was a mystery in the old testament 
Most of the saints didn't understand it. They couldn't prophesy around it. Except for a few scattered prophecies that individually wouldn't have made sense. A virgin shall conceive. Another shall take his bishopric. Uh, wild bulls have gored me. All these different things. Because God hadn't yet clearly spoken. He was speaking gradually. When that body of speech was complete, from the cross for till eternity, there are consecutive revelations about the ministry and the power of the cross that we will get forever. There are things that are not clear today, that in five years time, some young preacher, Tony, some 16 year old right now who may be listening to me, who can barely read his Bible, may tap into a dimension of God in the next few years. And by the time he's 21, may be on YouTube and I may find his video and that young geezer may preach something that I have never seen from scripture before. God did not say it to him then, it was already said. And his pursuit in scripture simply meant it was being interrogated. He dwelt in the house of the Lord, beheld his beauty, and inquired in his presence. And so, one of the principles we must understand about quote unquote hearing from God is the principle of inquiry. There are times God has something to say to you. He will initiate the conversation. There are other times you must inquire. And the ratio will be somewhere between five and 10 to one. For every one time God initiates a conversation with you, you will need to inquire five to 10 times to hear quote unquote something from him. Tony, at the initiation, he has said everything he needs to say. He's released it from the earth into the, from the heavens into the earth. It may take you time to unpack by successive inquiry what he has released. And notice, David teaches us before you can inquire, you must have sought after the fact that you will dwell in his house. Which house? Not the physical building. The Bible says our bodies are the temple of God. But not everybody is an active temple of God. It means I must have surrendered my life as a temple either instantaneously or consecutively. In essence, I can consecrate now and hear something from God and not hear another thing for another 10 years. But if I live a life of constant consecration where I am conscious constantly of my body as his house, my life as, as his dwelling place, then that's the first step in qualifying to inquire. The second step is I must behold his beauty in essence. I must be conscious of his goodness and his nature because it is that beauty I behold it is in essence when I make him conscious when I'm conscious when I elevate his reality as supreme in my consciousness then I qualify to inquire sadly we call this the prophetic Tony this is not the prophetic this is simply hearing from God 101 that is every Christian's 
right. My sheep know my voice. And so there is a posture, is the point I'm making, that either lends itself to God initiating a conversation with you or to you inquiring and interrogating the realm of the divine for download on anything he has said. You've heard me in the past teach about the concept of the council of heaven. How there are men and women who are not like you. They don't just come to church like you. They are part of an eternal council. Every Christian should be, but there's a price to pay. So let me give you an example. You will put on YouTube and on Monday you'll hear Reverend Israel make a statement. Then on Tuesday, another preacher on the other side of the world will say the same thing. Then on Wednesday, Apostle so-and-so will say something almost identical. Over the course of two weeks, you will have heard 10 different men and women of God who it seems like they were part of the same conversation. We were. We may not know each other. We may not have been aware of each other. We may have each heard it differently. I may have had a dream on Monday, he a vision on Tuesday. The third may have been in the shower on Wednesday when it came into his heart. The fourth may have read the Bible on Thursday when something popped up, right? The fifth may have, whatever it is, the different ways we hear from God, the inner voice, we dealt with this in week two, the inner voice, the inner witness, dreams, visions, the word of God, uh, the, the audible voice, uh, um, um, I'm missing one, the word of God and I'm missing one, um, whichever one it is. Each of these different ways may happen differently for each of us and at different points in time. But bear in mind, God is the high and lofty one who dwells in eternity. So I heard it on Monday. Apostle so-and-so heard it on Tuesday. Prophetess so-and-so heard it on Wednesday. But in the realm of the spirit, God spoke at one time. Which time? Eternity. It's one moment in heaven. Remember, week one or two, we dealt with the fact that our Father who art in heaven. So, the speaker is bound by a completely different set of reality rules than us. There's no gravity. There's no time. There's no molecular boundaries. The speaker lives and functions in a realm of infinite, eternal reality. The hearers are hearing in a realm bound by time, by matter, and by human experience. So Tony, God spoke once. The Bible says the Lord gave the word. He spoke. Great was the company of prophets that published it. God can say one thing one time. And a thousand people will hear it in different ways at different points in history and time. Through different means. But the key will be that they all dwell in his house, inquire or, or behold his beauty, and inquire in his temple. In essence, when there is a news flash, when there's breaking news in heaven, it could be for a nation, it could be for a city, it could be for a family, it could be for your life, it could be about what will happen to you tomorrow. It could be about what university you should go to, who you should marry, what city you should live in. Whenever heaven has something to say, whether it will initiate the conversation or you will inquire about something it has already prepackaged, 
Listen, if heaven has nothing to say, your inquiry won't help. You can only inquire about something God has said. You may not have heard it yet, but your inquiry means there's something to interrogate. Okay, and remember he dwells in eternity. There is a posture, a lifestyle, and that's why we keep begging you, pray fast, don't go clubbing, don't listen to secular music, and then things that are really sin, like don't fornicate, don't watch porn, because these all have the effect of kicking you out of his house. Or should I say, kicking him out of yours. I want to dwell in his house. The house can only ever be my physical body in the New Testament. So I must give my body, the Bible says, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. When I make it his house, then I'm dwelling in it. Then I'm conscious of him in my mind, in my life, in my function, as I move, as I navigate the world. Then sometimes he will initiate conversation. There are other times I will need to inquire. What do you have to say about this? Because there's things that God won't start talking to you about. He wants to find out if you trust in the Lord with all your heart. Remember Proverbs 4? In all your ways acknowledge him and lean not on your own understanding. You see how it works? All your ways acknowledge. What's that? Behold his beauty and lean not on your own understanding. Inquire in his temple. God, what do you have to say about this? Now, you don't necessarily have to verbalize it, Tony. If you live a life that const your subconscious perspective is, what would God have to say about this? If you walk around day and night consciously or constantly conscious of the fact that God has a will and an agenda concerning everything, and so there may be something about this current season of your life or situation, he has something to say, whether or not you verbalize it, that heart disposition in itself is inquiry. Because remember from week three, how the spirit speak? Sightings, knowings, desires, experiences, impressions, all these things are how a spirit, aka God, can speak to you. They're also how you can speak to a spirit, aka God. You don't need to speak in English for God to hear you. You can act out a message, you can think a message, you can desire a message, and you can have a disposition that sends a message. The Bible says God will guide us with his eye. What eye literally means his mood. God can speak to you through a mood, you can speak to God through a mood. That's why moods are important. That's why I don't like being around people in bad moods all the time. Because they're speaking to God and the spirit realm, and I don't want to be in the vicinity when the spirit realm responds. Mm. Yeah. So, let's now go back to Habakkuk chapter 2. This was one of the reasons why I stopped last week. Remember, I, I cut off abruptly because I, I, it, the Spirit of God was showing me that there was a foundation that was missing before we jumped to verse 1 in Habakkuk chapter 2. So, last week we, we, dealt, with, um, we dealt with faith from Habakkuk 2.4. Now let's go to Habakkuk 2.1. With the understanding we just laid out tonight. Esther, to God be the glory. 
So I will stand. Now we dealt with this last week. I'm not going to repeat it. The word stand means to take your position, right? To, to present yourself, to take, an, to, you know, and then watch literally means your place of designated assignment or function. It then says, I'll set me upon the tower. Now, uh, if you were, if you listen to me preach on Sunday from Isaiah 60, how the Bible talks about arise, shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen. It's the same principle here. It is your watch, but it is the tower. Sonny, say my watch. Say the tower. The watch is personal. The tower is objective. There's only one tower, but there are many watches. And from this, you get the concept of a watch tower. There's only one tower, and there are many watches. But the Bible says you must stand, a.k.a. present yourself. And I, I started going here last week when the Holy Spirit restrained me. So, Tony, to communicate with God, there is a location and a position you must take. It's not geographical, even though sometimes it can be geographical. I'll never forget the day when six or seven years ago, God told me, was it seven years ago? Because I wake up, it was 2015, so seven years ago. God said, "Get wake up, go to Nigeria, I want to speak to you. I said, <laughs> you know, I was like, I, I almost said dude until I realized I was talking to God. I'm like, you're talking to me right now. He says, go to Nigeria. He says, I want you to Nigeria. This is what he said. Said, you need to be in Nigeria by the end of this month. I want to speak to you. I said, okay. So I looked at my schedule and I realized the only time in that month I could make out time to go to Nigeria was that week. So Tony, I came back to God and I said, Lord, are you, I, I can't because the only week I'm free is this week. His response was, get to Nigeria this month. I need to speak to you. I said, Lord, the only time I can go is this week. He was like, so Tony, I said, oh, you want me to go this week? He said, I just told you go this month. I said, I can't go any other time this month. He said, that's your problem. So I told my wife, I said, baby, you're not going to believe this, but um, <laughs> this was on a Monday. I said, God said I should go to Nigeria because he wants to speak to me. Uh, it doesn't make sense to go and come back in a few days, so... We have, I mean, my wife and I had a deal years ago that if I was to travel to Nigeria, I'd stay there a minimum of 10 days, and at that time, a maximum of 14. So in essence, the only 10-day window I could find was starting that week. So um, she said, you and your God have come again. Anyway, by Friday, I was in Nigeria. I then got to Lagos. I said, talk to me. He said, go to Zaria. I want to speak to you. No, he said, go to the north. He didn't say, I said, go to the north. I'm like, no, we're not doing this. I mean, you brought me all the way from London to Lagos to talk to me or to Nigeria. I'm in Lagos speak. He says, well, when you want to hear from me, you'll go to the north. So I told one of my spiritual sons what God said. He said, oh, hold on a second. He says, I have a mentor I've been trying to, uh, I want to introduce you to. So, you know, that was how uh, I met one of my friends in the north. And he connected us and he, you know, in a few days I was in the city of Zaria. And then when I was in a hotel in Zaria, and that's the only time I've ever felt the kind of heat that I felt in this last two days in London was 
are the times I've traveled to the north. Kaduna, Zaria, Abuja. Abuja is not even really that bad or just. It's usually it's Kaduna and Zaria. Uh, that's the furthest north I've been. I haven't been to Kano yet. Those are the only times I felt this kind of heat. And in the hot sun, Tony, I stepped outside and I ran back inside. I said, I'm not crazy. I can't walk around in this sun. Thank God I was in a hotel with a very nice air-conditioned room. And so, Tony, for three nights, they would bring me every night at, in, at uh, 7 p.m. to preach or 6 p.m. to preach, by which time it was dark, it was slightly cooler. But from morning till 6 when the car came from me, I could not leave the hotel because of the heat. This was in the summer. In Nigeria and so God had plenty of time to talk to me and a lot of the prophecies I gave concerning Nigeria over the next few years that came to pass came from that room now that's an example of a physical location where he says I want to talk to you and half of the things he started with were about the north of Nigeria no this was in 2014 I remember 2014 God began to speak to me about how Boko Haram was going to go to the next level how the Nigerian currency was going to fall off the cliff. How an election was coming where we would elect. Anyway, let me, let me leave all that. You know, let me move on. Uh, and he says, I need you in the location of the earth. Because first of all, Boko Haram was being hatched to a different level in the north. The conspiracy that devalued our currency, as I prophesied about then, before it happened, was being hatched in the north. And the election that would bring about a season of calamity, like we've had, where an individual will be elected, that individual at the time was residing and came from the north. And so God says, I can't speak to you about a nation where all these things have to do with this location in your bed in London. Get into the atmosphere Put up your prophetic antenna and I'll talk. But that's a small example of what I'm talking about. It doesn't need to be location. But there needs, you need to assume a position to hear God about certain matters. You need to assume the position as a father to hear God about your children. Just having children alone is not enough. You must put on the disposition of a father. And then God will talk to you about children. You must put on the disposition as a husband and then he will speak to you about your wife or vice versa. This morning at 11 o'clock in the morning when I was praying, God told me put on the disposition as a shepherd and then he began to speak to me about kingdom culture. So there is your watch that is a subset of his tower. There is a, an objective place in the spirit you must rise to. We saw that from Psalm 27. You must, you, you must assume a position in God, but then after assuming that position, there is a subjective position you must assume about the matter for which you are inquiring. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? Hmm. I'll stand upon my watch. And if you think I am stretching this scripture too far, thank you. You're just the Holy Spirit. You're just the best. 
You're just the best. Okay, let's go. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's look at this from another perspective to give this uh, even more clarity. Let's go look at a man the Bible calls a prophet. Right? Elijah. You don't get more prophetic than Elijah, do you? 1 Kings chapter 19. Glory to God, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Glory, glory, glory. First Kings chapter 19. You know the story in 18, Elijah had dealt with the prophets of Baal. He'd given them a whooping and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to need a charger here for this. Uh, he'd given them a whooping and all that kind of good stuff. You know, and then um, Elijah obviously spoke, like I said, he spoke wrongly in the spirit realm via a mood and that mood literally opened up a door jezebel basically says i'm going to kill you by this time tomorrow and elijah begins to run somebody say elijah begins to run elijah's running for his life because the spirit of fear has opened up a door and we know the story how you know uh, god has pity on his servant he sends an angel the angel gives him some cake you know i like to joke and say elijah should just have said he wanted cake all those histrionics uh, just to get a piece of cake you know uh, this is why women say that we men sometimes can be uh, overly you know they call it man flu elijah simply just wanted some cake but anyway jokes apart he gets his cake, he gets sent on his way to Horeb. Now come with me to verse um, verse, nine, verse 9, 1 Kings 19, verse 9. He came to a cave and he lodged there. Someone say he came to a cave. What's a cave? A cave is literally a cavity in a system of rocks or earth. This is analogous to when God told Moses, stay in the cleft of my rock and I will pass by you and declare my goodness before you. So there is a place that he came to and lodged there. In essence, he didn't just pass. He made it clear, I'm stopping here. In essence, there was an intentionality about this place. Now, again, the metaphor is not just geographical. It could be positional, intellectual, conscious-wise. But Eli so he wasn't just passing and God spoke. The same way Moses wasn't just passing the burning bush and he spoke. He passed, he, he noticed there was something about this place. He says, I will turn aside to see. And when he demonstrated that he was taking an intentional position, then God called to him out of the bush. And the Bible says the word of the Lord came there to him. Now notice what the word, what happened. When the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah first complained. Someone say he complained. Verse 10. Elijah was complaining. Yeah, everybody else is dead but me. God says, no, <laughs> you're not the only one. You know, every preacher goes through this season where you think you're the only one standing for God. Dude, relax, trust me. There's at least 5,000, 7,000, 10, 15,000 of us in every city. The people you don't know of today who are just as consecrated, if not more than you. So slow your horses. But notice he's complaining and God says, I can't speak to you now. You have not assumed your watch. Someone say your watch. 
Prophets don't complain. I'm about to speak to you about the destiny of your nation, right? Right now, you are a whiner. I can't talk to you now. He says, verse 11, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. Tony, if he could hear God tell him to go and stand before the mount or upon the mount before the Lord, why couldn't the same voice talk to him there? Elijah took up the consciousness of the fact that there had to be a communication with God. In essence, he came into the place as an inquirer. He interrogated the spirit realm and there was feedback. That feedback said, now you qualify to hear because you're conscious. You've taken a position, you're on your watch, the tower, but you haven't yet assumed the corresponding office for this conversation. If you're a father, if, if it's about your children, you haven't yet assumed consciously the office of a father. If it's about your church, you haven't yet assumed consciously the office of a shepherd. So God says, while at this level now you can hear, there are conversations I can't have with you. I need you to ascend. Go to a mountain. Someone say a mountain. So go to a mountain. Where are we? Yes, go and stand upon the mountain before the Lord. Meaning present yourself to God. This is what David was talking about. Dwell in your house. Behold your beauty. Inquire in your presence. And the Bible says the Lord passed by. Someone say passed by. And a great and strong wind tore the mountains. Rent means tore. Someone say tore. This wind literally was ripping the mountains apart. And it broke the pieces of the rock before the Lord. Notice it says the Lord passed. And the wind, the effect of his presence broke the mountain. But he was not in the wind. And after the wind was an earthquake. But he was not in the earthquake. Verse 12. After the earthquake, a fire. In essence, manifestations of the effect of his glory. But he was not in the fire. Right? And after the fire, a small voice. Someone say a small voice. Someone say small. I want you to look at that word small. You know, I don't, I mean, maybe if we, if we, if we go to weeks, if we have a week nine or 10, maybe we will deal with the concept of the fire, the wind, the earthquake, but you know, I'm trying to keep this practical over this last few weeks. Um, but, but, but look at that word small. Someone say small. It's important because it's not what you may think. It's what dark. Someone say dark. It means thin. Someone say thin. It literally means quiet. But from a spiritual perspective, it means it's very easy, easy to miss. Of course, it says still. Someone say still. The word still is the word demama, which means silent or calm or a whisper. So not only was the voice small in volume, that's still, Tony. It was small in stature or tone is what it really means. I can increase my volume. That's loud. Oh, I can whisper. That's volume, right? But I can use the same volume. I can say, 
Tony. Well, I can say Tony. Same volume, different tone, right? If I if I if I like, hey Tony, what do you think? I just wants to chat, right? If I say Tony, what do you think? What have I done, <laughs> right? Okay, so still was volume, small was tone. Not only was it quiet in terms of volume, it wasn't imposing. It was the kind of thing you would ignore if you didn't know better. And it was so, listen, when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face, his, his demeanor, his focus, his priority, his agenda, his essence in what? His mantle. What mantle? I'm a prophet. Elijah said, oh, you, okay, now, oh, okay, so I'm going to be conscious of the fact that I'm a prophet. And he went out and stood in the entrance of the cave, and there came a voice unto him. And then God began to talk to him. Notice in verse 14, he still repeated the same complaints. But this time, God had a conversation with him. Why? Because this was the prophet, that was the man. The man got cake. The man got instructions on how to move to the next level in hearing God. But when the prophet arrived, God said, let's talk about the nation. In the same way, the man can get certain things. Only the father hears certain things. The Christian can hear certain things. Only the priest, same person. The Bible says we're called to be kings and priests. They're conversations you want to have with God. And God is saying, you don't qualify in your current state. I'll talk to you when you wrap yourself in your mantle, a.k.a. stand, present yourself at your watch within the tower. The tower is objective. There are objective principles to being in the frame or state God will speak to you in, but they're also subjective elements. So, Tony, we all are at the same tower, but each of us has a different watch. And you will not hear God's voice on majority of the issues of life and destiny if you don't first find your watch. And yes, a prayer watch can be a watch. Like I said, there's things God says to me at 11 a.m. in the morning. There's other things he says to me at 11 p.m. at night or between the hours of 11 and 1 in the morning, in the afternoon, and 11 and 1 at night. There's other things that if I want to hear, I have to be up at 4. And then the things he would just tell me in the shower. And many times he'll say something in the shower to get my attention. Then at 11, he'll break it down. At 11 p.m., he'll break it down further. And then a few times a week or so where I'm awake at 4 a.m. to talk to him because it's hard to have prayer time at 11 a.m. So at 11 to 1 in the morning, then at 4 in the morning, then at 11, I mean, and that's not just quiet time. So, you know, I don't do 4 a.m. every day. But there's times when, when I know See, Tony, when I really need to have a conversation, see, when it is critical, when it is life or death, right, I will make sure I am awake at four. But that's just a small subset. That's an example of a prayer watch being my watch. God won't talk to me about the UK if I don't care about it as a statesman prophet. 
There's weeks God can only talk to me about Nigeria. Because that's all I'm concerned about. He may have something to say to me about the UK and I'm not attentive in the spirit. There's other weeks he wants to talk to me about, about Nigeria and all I'm focused about is the, is the, prem, is the prime minister's or the, the, the conservative leadership contest. And so I must, go, I must present myself at the watch that is relevant to the issue at hand in the generic context of his tower. And that's where the average Christian fails. So not only must you be conscious about hearing from God and living a life that lends itself to not blocking the channel, you must be walking in his agenda for your life. In essence, there is a watch Tony God has assigned you to. Many of you can trace the last time you heard God clearly to a decision you made. Think about it. You made a decision. Shay, how do I switch constantly? The answer is, I don't know. It's not easy. And that's why the Bible says, pray for your leaders. And that's why the Bible says, no man takes his honor on himself. The more responsibilities you gain, your father, your husband, your pastor, your apostle, your prophet, your, whatever it is, the more things, the more towers, or the more watches you need to be at, and the more things God wants to speak to you about. So don't be in a hurry to promote yourself. Um, but coming back here, not only, Tony, must you be conscious about living a life that lends itself to, to free access to the spirit realm. Oh, yeah, I was saying, many of you made a decision that shut down the voice of God in your life. And until you unmake that decision, he won't speak. Example, Abraham and Lot. Get out of your father's house and your, father's, your people in your country. Go to land, I'll show you. Abraham took Lot with him. Right? There's no record of God talking to Abraham anymore until the day Lot left. The day, the night Lot left, God says, aha. Remember, God is in eternity. 2022 is the exact same time to God as 2012 and 2032. You're the one who doesn't have time. You will grow old and die. As, you know, Christy and I like to joke about, the mortals have time. Spirits are not in a rush. Because what was 10 years for you was a second for them, if that. So, as far as God's concerned, he's literally speaking immediately after the last time he spoke. To you, they are 20 years apart in time because those 20 years were separated by a decision or an error that took you out of your watch. God said, go to London. Or, I'll give you an example. God said, go to Brighton and to plant a church. And you insisted that London is the better place to be. Tony, God will speak to you about your family because whatever city you live in, your father. He'll speak to you about your, your marriage. Whatever city you live in, your, your husband, right? Or your, so your father and a husband. But he may not talk to you about that ministry for the next five years. Because as far as he's concerned, you're not at your watch. So he's sending information. Remember I said he's creating by his voice. But you are not at, you're not tuned to the dial to receive it because you're not at your watch. And you can even be in the city and if you don't embrace the fact that as a spiritual leader, you are a custodian of that city, he will be speaking and you will miss everything he has to say where the city is concerned. You miss instructions that could promote and increase your influence and impact in ministry in that city because you are not at your watch. 
So being at your watch has the element of constantly living a life that's conscious of God and his sovereignty. Living a con life of consecration that removes the things that will kick you out of his presence, right? Having regular times of prayer in the day, in a week, in a month, in a year, where you have been instructed to present yourself before him, but also it could be regular, it could be a locational issue once in a while, but at its root it is what has God said concerning your life? What instructions has he given? What's he expecting of you? And who do you need to be at that point to fulfill his desire? It is that person he will speak to. Are you all with me so far? Stand at your watch. Let's keep going. He then says, let's go back to Habakkuk 2. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And I will watch. Someone say watch. Now, Tony, this is deep. And I'm tempted to stop here tonight because I don't know if I'll finish this one if I start. But first of all, with extremely rare circumstances, in essence, the only time God will break this rule, Tony, is when what he has to say <laughs> is so special to, so, so important to him that he cannot leave it to your error. In essence, God has something to gain from what he's talking about. Other than that, you will not hear him if you're not watching. You need to watch to see. You need to be actively engaged in his will for your life. But also, Tony, you need to be conscious of the fact that there's something he has to say. And this is where faith comes in. You cannot hear. He will speak, but you cannot hear God without faith because faith makes the assumption that there's something he has to say and that you will be able to hear him. So if you don't think you can hear God, the odds are you probably cannot. Faith is a substance, the locus standi, the ratio de standi. Your right and the principles that govern that right, right, of things hoped for, it's the evidence, the action, that you believe what faith says. In essence, Tony, when I want to hear from God, there must be a surety in my spirit that he, will, he can speak, he will speak, and there's something he has to say, and if there is, I'll hear. So, Mari, I'm trying to... See, now, I, 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 I don't want to go into this without too much time to unpack it, but Tony, you must look to see. Come with me to the book of Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. Let me show you this from Scripture. Oh, see, you know, the, the beautiful thing about... Um, about me is <laughs> you can disagree with me from your opinion but to the best of my ability i may make an error once in a while but to the best of my ability you can't disagree with scripture and i will kill you with the bible death by a thousand paper cuts right i'll give you bible 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 by oh jesus until it comes out of your ears so your faith does not stand in a man's wisdom right you won't have to say my pastor said my apostle said you can literally say the bible says and all my apostle did was point me to it 
Revelation chapter 1. Everybody read it out with me, please. It's on your screen. Revelation chapter 1. What does it say? Shay, it's simple. When you get it, you got it. Revelation 1 simply says, after this, I, what? Type it in the comment section, everybody. After this, I looked. And behold, a door was opened in heaven. When was the door opened? Before I looked. Mm. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a trumpet. I heard the first voice, which I heard, as it were, of a trumpet talking to me saying come up hither and i will show you things which must be hereafter now we see the same principle that we just described he did what looked did god tell him to look no if you don't believe me let's look at the end of chapter three let's see if there is any instruction at the end of chapter three to look remember chapter two and chapter three were the words to the churches the seven churches of of asia minor so Chapter 3 ends with this. He that has an ear, let him hear. That word hear there is active. It doesn't mean let him receive what he's saying. It means let him listen for. Hello? He that has an ear, let him use it. And in the next verse, John says, after this, meaning after that sentence, I looked. Now, we will see next week that you don't hear what God says. You see it. That's in Habakkuk chapter 1. But that's, that's for next week. He looked. You don't, you don't listen to hear God. You look. And I don't just mean with your eyes. You can see with your ears. The point is, you're not looking for information. You're looking for a reality. The reality will download an information. Many times you see what God says. Habakkuk 2. What, let's come back there. Revelation 4.1 says, after this, I looked. Someone say, I looked. He had to look. Shay, it's exactly what happened when Moses turned aside. The bush was always burning. He had to, in a sense, you, he had to get into the frame of, I said, there's, there's exceptions to this. There's times when God wants to say something so important that he will slap you in your sleep. But majority of the time when you want to quote and unquote hear God, you must look. In a sense, you must turn your active focus in the direction of him with the expectation that if there's anything to be passed across, you will receive it. I looked and behold, a door was already opened. It then says, after I, now so Tony, why didn't the voice come until he looked and saw the door? The voice that then spoke to him. Man, man, he'd just been dictated letters to churches. Couldn't the same voice have carried on talking? Why did it need him to look and for a door to be opened before the voice came? We've already explained the concept of standing at your watch. But then the voice then doesn't speak to him. What does the voice say? Come up hither. In essence, there are dimensions we want to converse with you about you can't hear here. 
again, we've just described up with Elijah, wrap your mantle, come higher for another conversation. So let's, let's put this all together and go back to Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk 2. Uh, okay. So I'll stand up on my watch. I'll set me on the tower. We've looked at it already. And I will watch to see. So there is an active component to this thing. It doesn't just find you. And to be able to watch to see requires both an instantaneous act of consecration within the wider scheme of a life of consecration. So I must live consecrated to a degree. But then there are seasons and moments. So I live consecrated to a degree. There's things like God talks to me about on a regular basis. There are times where I go on a consecration journey. We'll go on it together, right? A 10, 21 day fast. Okay? In those times, there are deeper dimensions of things God can release, right? Like at the consecration journey in September last year about the season coming called Bukhar. And then in those consecration journeys at 11 a.m. or 11 p.m. or 4 a.m. or 7 p.m. for me, my own personal times, I will take time. I will shut my books. I will put off my phone. Does that make sense? I will consecrate. Now, consecrate doesn't mean praying tongues. It simply means give myself completely to something. Shay, that's why it's so rare. You're right. Give myself completely to something. In essence, Tony, it's 11 o'clock. If I'm, whatever I'm doing, if I'm talking to you, I'll get off the phone. If I'm watching TV, I'll shut it down. If I'm talking to my children or playing with them, I'll tell them, you need to leave the room now. Daddy wants to pray. I take that extra time to look, to watch, to apply myself, and then there are things that will come. Can you see why the average new uh, 21st century believer cannot hear God? Because we live a life that is watchless, and I don't just mean prayerless. I mean, we don't have the capacity to give our attention to something holy for any, I mean, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy, meaning whole, holy, all your attention for any significant period of time. Dopamine levels are through the roof. What they called, or what we call, a, what they called ADHD 50 years ago would define the average Westerner today. We can't watch to see. And this is where things like meditation come in. That's why when you go on a fast, it seems like God speaks. God is not a sadist. It's not that he needs you to be hungry to talk. <laughs> Does that make sense? It's not the hunger. It's the fact that the fast helps you shut down this. The hunger focuses your mind on what you're hungry for. You are watching to see. And then he can speak. So, if you just want to live your life doing what you want, when you want, how you want, distracted, entertainment on, on Max, on, on steroids, TV today, YouTube tomorrow, you know, uh, dinner today, date tomorrow. If you, I mean, can, can I take this deeper? 
mom, I know there are children watching, but I need to say this. You know, my mom is always critiquing me and saying, be careful what you say. So if you have children watching, please send them out of the room now. I'm about to say something that is not PG friendly. The ancient Tony, the men who raised me in the things of God and ministry, they taught us. And like I said, some of them were dead before I found them for their books. They taught us that even married, Tony, if you are going to be prophetic, you and your spouse can't share certain relations every night. Mom, how did I do? That's the best way I can. My mom should be proud of me for classing that up. Making it PG friendly, right? Tony, they will tell you that if you are going to walk in a dimension of sensitivity to God, marital sexual relations cannot be a daily affair. And Tony, hear me, I have a very beautiful wife. Have you all noticed? If you're a man, don't answer. Only the ladies can answer. Men are not allowed to notice. I'm only joking. I got a very beautiful wife, Tony. She's gorgeous. She's amazing. Uh, and, you know, I'm just as attracted to her. I'm just as erotically attracted to her today as I was the day we got married. Tony, there's times where we are two birds flying by in the same house for two, three weeks. It's not that there are no sparks flying. Now, it's rare. It's not often. It's not godly. The Bible says you go on a fast, a long fast. It says even when you fast, you can only abstain from such things by mutual conversation. And it says don't make it too long, lest Satan tempt you. But there have been times, right? On average, twice a year, Tony, where two, three weeks, we're in the same house. And sparks are flying back and forth. But because of one or both of our desires to press into something in God and or hear him on something, we'll put the sparks in cold water. I'll say, I'll see you in a week. Also, Tony, I used to wonder, why am I my most prophetic when I travel to minister, until I figured out, when I travel to minister half the time, my wife doesn't come with me. So I'm a bachelor again. There's no distraction with pleasure. They taught us, Tony, that if you hear God on a regular basis, you won't have three square meals every day. Tony, I cannot remember, okay, that's not true. The actually, no, Tony, I can't remember, no, no. The last time, Tony, I had three meals in a day was yesterday. One meal was at 4 p.m. Another meal was at 8 p.m. And the third was after the press at 1 a.m. in the morning. Because by the time the press was done, with all the heat and the, and the dehydration and everything, I was starving. And that was the first time in months, Tony, Last night, at the height of the heat wave, and notice it wasn't breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It was a late lunch, dinner, and a late dinner. It was technically the same meal spread between 8 p.m. and 1 a.m. in the morning. Other than that, Tony, I can't remember the last time I had three meals in a day. I can't remember the last time I had breakfast. 
No, I can't actually. It was last year when I stayed at a hotel. You know, hotels are especially when the breakfast is included. And this was a four this was this was a four-star hotel with a full English half of which I couldn't eat. I can't eat bacon or sausages, but I wanted the beans and the hash browns and whatever. And so Tony, to eat to, to eat breakfast the next day, you know what I did? I refused to have dinner the day after the day before. So in the morning, I didn't eat breakfast. In the afternoon, I didn't eat lunch, right? In the evening, I didn't eat dinner. I went a whole day without eating because I wanted to have breakfast the next day. That's the only time in the last two years, like last year and a half, I can remember myself having breakfast because a similar thing happened about a year and a half ago before that. So roughly once or twice a year, I will have breakfast under those conditions usually. So my breakfast, a bad day, a day where I'm starving is about 1 p.m. in the afternoon. After the gap is the earliest in a day I can have breakfast. It used to be 12. Now, once the gap started, it's not 1. That's on a bad day. On a good day when I'm not fasting, breakfast is roughly either at 3, maybe quarter to 3 before I go to get my boys from school, or when I come back from their school, which is usually about 3.45. So I either have breakfast at quarter to 3 on my way out the door, or I have it at 3.45 when I come back from picking them up from school, right? And that's on a day when I'm not fasting. Today, I will have breakfast after the quorum. So a good, a non-fasting day for me, a day when I'm eating is two meals a day. A late lunch and an early dinner. See you for the late lunch tomorrow. You know why? Because they taught us and it works, Tony. I have to watch to see. I can't, I can't, in essence, there is a level of residual inquiry. I told you, I can't wait to kneel down and to hear God. There are things God has to get my attention about in the flow of the day. As a father, as a husband, as a shepherd, as a prophet, as a statesman, right? As an elder in my extended family. So I can't, I can't it's a risk, Tony. There are seasons of my life where I tell God this month, someone say this month. shakati. <laughs> So it can't even be a month. A month is a month. It can never be a month. I say, God, this week, right? If there's anything you want to do or say, find someone else. I am. <laughs> oh, Jesus. This week, right? I am on break. That's when I will have breakfast at 12 noon. It's a week where I'm off. Otherwise, I need to live a life that is currently or constantly watching to see. Are you hearing me? In essence, on a normal day, my soul is watching to see. It has to be attentive. So I wake up in the, you wake up in the morning your first time of prayer calibrates you. In fact, you go to bed at night because the day starts at 6 p.m. So you start, that's why for me the day starts, you know, or, or my prayer schedule starts with the 7 p.m. prayer time I have. Then usually 11, 11 is when I really crank up the dial. And so I go to sleep, attentive in my spirit. My mind is asleep. 
my body is asleep but my spirit is watching is there a dream is there a vision is there a night encounter is an angel going to wake me up at 2 a.m in the morning if that doesn't happen or even if it happens the next time 4 a.m or 7 a.m or whatever i wake up in the morning the whole day i am at attention and i cannot be see you see you cannot be spiritually attentive when you are overdosing on pleasure food is pleasure sex is pleasure right entertainment is pleasure so when you start a journey of of consistent sensitivity to god he will start asking you to cut some things out of your life that are not sinful there's nothing wrong with football but you can't watch too much of it it has to be if at all in doses why because it will shut down your soul's capacity to watch to see Anthony this is how you know when something in your life is too much when you try and pray and it pops up in prayer if you start praying and the scores of Arsenal versus Man U what's going on pop up or if you're a married person right and you want to pray and all you can think about is what you and your spouse did last night honey you need a break from that thing you need to detox your soul if if all you can think about if is oh boy that that meat pie was awesome you shouldn't have meat pie for a while and that's why the average christian in 20 can i get another one of these the average christian christian in the 21st century is not equipped to hear god's voice except during or after a long fast you should treat those long fasts as a primer in essence those are constructive seasons you then need maintenance seasons it's called living a fasted life thank you sir i will watch thank you sir i will watch to see what he will say to me and what i will answer when i'm reproved next week we will deal with the concept of seeing what god says lift up your voice and let's pray zekete bruda bahashinando brekila atelele eikata izabre dori akabara donde ribedidi zigedebo zigede bariando jevedidi father thank you for your word tonight oh jesus thank you for your word tonight thank you for the surgery that you are performing thank you for the dealings that you are having Thank you for the alarm that you are sounding to call a generation to the hallways of Zion. For there is much that you desire to share with us that we currently cannot bear. Help us, sovereign one. 
to wrap ourselves in our God-given mantles, to see the open door and to come up thither where you can share sweet fellowship and break sweet bread with us. Help us to ascend the hills of Zion to be enlightened beings who can confidently claim Yahweh as our King. Lord, I want to be an enlightened being with Yahweh as my King. I say it again, that I may be an enlightened being with Yahweh uncontrovertibly installed in every area of my life as my king. And so in the words of the prophet Samuel, speak Lord, for your servant is listening and will obey. Thank you for calling our names. Now help us to take the posture required to hear your voice, even if it comes in a similar sound to that of what we are familiar with, like the voice of a mentor, Eli. Raise a generation who can hear and retransmit and publish the voice of God that breaks cedars of Lebanon causes calves to hind, shakes wildernesses of Kadesh, and divides the flame of fire, flames of fire. We give you glory. We give you praise. In the precious name of your son, Jesus. Somebody clap your hands, O oh you people, and shout to God with a voice of triumph. So we're back at the quorum next week with part six. If God gives us grace, don't miss it. Share this video with someone. Let them know uh, that this is life-changing stuff. If you want to give, as usual, the details are on your screen. We are encouraging you to give. Uh, there is a lot going on here in Kingdom Culture Movement. And your financial stewardship uh, is, is now more than ever before significant as we pursue the instructions of the Lord on many different fronts. The Kenyan orphanage, uh, I'm aware, was brought to my attention recently that there is an urgent need there. Uh, the roof of the boys' hostel was taken away in a flood. Uh, at the same time as we have their termly uh, school fees for about 30 children at different levels. There's children in primary school, children kindergarten, children in secondary school, and we have a couple who are now in higher education uh, that we are responsible for and so um you know we need to send a sizable chunk of money their way uh, our pastor support fund is also uh i'm being told from many of our, our pastors uh that are beneficiaries of that support fund that there are urgent needs that they are trusting god for and we want to be able to be a part of that uh of course our media our project is still ongoing uh an announcement we're actually in the process of moving out of our embassy building in the city of Sheffield. In fact, there's people who are there right now uh, at, as this is going on who are uh, effecting that move. And we are in the process of, uh, as we move out, finding somewhere else 
uh, in the cities of Sheffield and or Nottingham. So if you have a property for us and you you know you want to give it to God at a great price or maybe even for free, you know, let's know. Uh, but we need to put out some outlay on that. And of course, uh, here in London, as well in the embassy building here, there's I mean we, we we're well into five figures now in terms of our spend to make sure that God has excellent facilities and excellent uh, platforms and equipment and staff to put out the word of God and His kingdom uh, in the nations of the earth. Mm. Okay, in the nations of the earth. Um, and finally, as well, we've mentioned the fact that we are planning to start to buy or to look into buying a property here in London uh, as a permanent embassy base so we don't have to move every time our contracts come to an end of a landlord once they're placed back. As happened in Sheffield, uh, a tenancy agreement uh, was activated to be ended because the landlord wants to redevelop the property and so we need to find somewhere else so uh, in any way you want to give them for any purpose the details are on your screen do that remember all the prayer watches are live and valid morning drops of glory 6 30 in the morning the gap 12 noon in the afternoon the altar 7 p.m every night except on a wednesday and on tuesdays and fridays 11 uh, p.m these are all uk time uh, for the press uh, make sure you subscribe to both the telegram channel for notifications and fellowship but also to the youtube channel uh, so you can be aware when we go live at prayer culture with times of prayer and uh, intercession uh, this broadcast will stay open for another 10 minutes or so so you can carry on praying and digesting what you've heard after which it will shut down but immediately on the prayer culture in fact, right now the prayer culture youtube channel you should subscribe to both this one and that one the 24 7 prayer stream is currently going on as well so you can just move to that to carry on your prayer love you see you soon uh especially this friday at the press uh let me say this this friday at the press is one you don't want to miss if you missed yesterday at the press you did miss a whole lot uh, but we're taking it to another level on friday we're putting pressure in heaven and it will yield love you guys see you take care bye bye